702. The car feature. The car feature with Nico Lowe. Nico, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. And you should be saying welcome to me because you are the furniture. I'm the guest here. Are you well, Nico? Right, Abu. Welcome to you <laughs> and welcome listeners. Yeah, great stuff, great stuff. Nico, I'm just wondering about this. Your vehicle under a thousand kilometers. Should you be uh putting it through the paces or do you need to make sure that uh you take it a little bit easy, especially if it's under a thousand kilometers? Uh does it need to run in? Yes, that's a, a good question and it's come up from time to time. I'll just give you a bit of background. So uh a vehicle's engine's got a lot of moving parts, and it's obviously mostly made out of metal. It's got tolerances between those moving parts, and it's designed so when it's at operating temperature, which is at about 90-degree coolant temperature, then all those little gaps in between the moving parts are like perfect tolerances. Um, so now with a new engine, and especially when it came to like older engines, mm. the tolerances couldn't be that fine as it is with the modern manufacturing techniques. So with the old, uh, in, in the olden days, they said that when you buy a new car, be very careful with the engine, the way you need to run it in, mm. be careful not to overstress it, not over rev it. And what they also used to do is after a thousand kilometers, they also know you have to take it to drain the oil. Mm. And the idea was that all the little shavings that came off between the tolerances, some of them are microscopic, you can't actually see them, mm. but you need to remove it from the engine and put new oil in and then you're good to go. So they had like a, 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 a drive-in procedure where they would tell you, drive the engine between this and this engine revolutions, use a throttle only like to halfway, not more than that and keep driving that sure. for a thousand k's. So that was in the olden days. So today, it's a lot different. We, the manufacturing techniques are a lot better. We get much better tolerances. So rarely on a new car, you will find that run-in is needed. Mm. But what I, would say, what I would say is, look at the owner's manual of your new car, because I know some of the performance cars today, mm. talk about uh, your BMW, maybe AMG, uh, Mercedes, so on. Some of them still prescribe a run-in period of a thousand kilometers and how you actually need to run that engine in so that you don't damage it during that period, but also that, that the tolerances will be perfect and you also get maximum performance out of that engine after a thousand k's. Now, I know it's difficult sometimes when you've got a performance vehicle and you buy it to get it from the showroom floor. You just want to experience the power. Yeah. But make sure there's no run-in procedure. With most of the run-of-the-mill modern cars, it's not needed. From from new, the engine, you can have full performance, no issue. 011-883-0702. 011-883-0702. This weekly feature uh, comes through to deal with all issues that have got to do with vehicles. And Nicolo is an expert in that area, technical specialist and former technical editor for Car Magazine. I'd love to uh, hear from you about your car issues this is completely on you i want to keep quiet and i want to get the questions from you about your vehicles that's why nico is here to entertain all those uh, questions and deal with them decisively uh, alternatively you can send a voice note or a text message to 072 702 1702. It's 072 702 1702. And that's why Nico is here. Nico, I mean, there is this thing. I mean, you, you would know that uh, as far as vehicles are concerned, especially where guys just sit in, there are a lot of myths, there are a lot of truths, there are a lot of misperceptions that people share around vehicles based on experiences and just pure lies at times. 
I mean, there are a lot of people who believe, at least where in the circles that I frequent, that when is when a car is new, you just need to, as they call it, open up the valves and just drive straight to Durban if you are from Joburg and just take it for a proper test. Uh, is that advisable, and uh, does it link to the run-in issues that you've mentioned? Yeah. So as I mentioned, if there is a run-in procedure stipulated for your vehicle, which mm-hmm. you'll find in the owner's manual. It will probably state that you need to vary the engine speeds. It's actually not then the greatest idea to go on a long road trip mm. because you'll sit in top gear at a certain uh, engine speed for the whole trip. Because if there's a running procedure, the running procedure would dictate that you need to vary engine revs, vary engine loads, and so on. But mm. as I say, that's only if the procedure is needed. Most vehicles, mm. will. there's no procedure needed. You can jump on your road trip any time and uh, enjoy it. So, yeah, there is a lot of uh, things that's been talking about uh, the bry fires. Um, what we can also discuss is last time we talked about you need to, to warm up your yeah, engine yeah, or it needed to yeah. get it idle. So we discussed that point and what we basically said there's no point letting your vehicle sit and idle there for ages. Rather just drive moderately because that's the quickest way to, to heat it up. Um, but the, also the reason why you want to get to operating temperatures, that uh, is also because then the tolerances between the moving parts is perfect. Because metal expands, as you know, if it heats yeah. up, metal expands. So the tolerances change. So that's why it's never a good idea to thrash the engine when a car is, engine is completely cold because the tolerances aren't right, the lubrication is not quite right there. So you, your wear will just be... Um, increased during cold engine temperatures at operating mm. temperature that's what it's designed to operate at and that's where you'll get your maximum performance as well mm. and i was listening to you and Rilebukhilo when you were discussing that because it has always been an issue for me uh that what what do you actually do in the morning do i just waiting to take the kids to school in the morning just start it up go into the house wait a little bit longer and just i was listening to you when you mentioned that and uh so i mean so uh, what, what i picked up is that you can't also just uh, drive off and get into 120 kilometers per hour almost immediately. You can get to 120, but it's take a long time to get there. That's fine. Yeah. But don't, yeah. don't do don't attempt to drag race at the first, first traffic light because that's not a good idea with a with a cold engine. So I mean, obviously we pay a lot for our new car. Yeah. We want the engines to last yeah. as long as possible. So take care of it, and it will take care of you. Just a quick side note: so yeah. on electric vehicles. Obviously, it, what we discussed now does not apply. You can actually have your full performance straight out of the box or out of the garage or out of the showroom floor mm. with an electric car because there's no, uh, there is moving parts, but very few, and it's air gaps all between, and there's no oil lubrication and all that needed. So electric cars are fairly simple. You can just have full performance from the way go. Gosh, great. Nico, uh, let's go straight to the calls. Ezekiel in Springs, hi. Hi, good afternoon. How are you? I'm free, Ezekiel. How are you? I'm okay. Mm. Yes, I just wanted to know about the, the oil. Actually, I do oil change myself. And um, I've, no, I've noticed that the car comes with a spec uh, originally uh, from the factory. But now, if the car, my concern is if the car is, is, was, was maybe from, from, from uh, Switzerland and the, 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 the temperatures there are very low, mm. and the, I can see that the oil is a, is a very light oil. So, I'm using the car here in very hot temperatures. Uh, should I change maybe the the spec or continue with the with that light oil? 
Okay. And uh, another thing is I've noticed that people change the oil uh, seasonally. When it's, when it's hot, mm. they use maybe a, a, a thicker oil. And then when it's a little bit uh, cold, they, they use a lighter, lighter oil. Thanks, Ezekiel. Uh, let's listen to Nico's response. Nico? Yeah, so I think what uh, the listener or the, the caller is actually talking about is the viscosity of the oil. So you want oil to be uh, more uh, almost like runny when it's cold and more like honey when it's hot um, because of the lubrication properties of the oil. So that's why you have a multi-grade oil, which will have like on the tin when you buy it, it will have 10W40 or something in that extent. We see with modern vehicles, you actually get even like a 5W20, which is a lower viscosity oil. Because remember, the lower the viscosity, the less resistance in the vehicle, the better it is for fuel consumption. Um, but then again, your manufacturer will test the oil and the specification during the development process, and that's why they will stipulate the oil specification needed for that vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I was involved with a major OEM. I worked as an engineer there, and sign of testing, even in Europe, will go to plus 40 degrees summer temperature, minus 30 degrees winter temperature, and therefore the oil that's specified for that engine will actually cover the entire ambient temperature range. So there's no need if the owner's manual stipulates that you need, a, say, a 10W40 oil, yeah. that you now need to go and change the, the specifics of the oil because you think it's quite hot this summer here where you live. So just leave the oil specification as is. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what we've seen is with, uh, when it comes to a very high mileage engine, then we've spoke about tolerances before. So the tolerances increase, especially between the, the piston, the, the, the rings, and the cylinder. And um, you might get that your engine starts using a bit of oil when it gets older. We're talking about 250,000 Ks on the, on the engine. Sure. Um, and then it might be wise to up the viscosity slightly to what we call a thicker oil, not dramatically, mm-hmm. but it might just help with slightly with the oil consumption problem in the sense that uh, it, it's less expensive than a full engine overall at that stage. So it might, might help at that stage to up the viscosity. Say if you're on a 10W40, go for a 20W50 just to see if it can help with, with the oil consumption if you've got a very high mileage engine. But otherwise, rather stick to the viscosity specified by the manufacturer. 11 to 3 o'clock. When we come back, I'll take your call, Venish and Mando and others, but after the break. 702. The car feature. With Nico Lowe, all the way to 3 o'clock. We have about nine minutes or so, so let me go straight to your call. Venish in Jemistin, good afternoon. Hello, how are you? I'm free, Venish. How's it going with you? Especially your vehicle. I'm doing okay, man. It's doing mm. all right. Um, just for Nico, I have a um, uh, Corsa 1.4 utility buggy. It's about 14 years old. And I'm getting terrible vibrations on the vehicle, but I don't feel it on the steering. I had alignment and balancing done. I also did TV joints. I also replaced the wheel bearings, and I had uh, the spigot rings on the mag wheels uh, replaced as well. But the vibration still persists. And from about 100 kilometers upwards, and it gets worse as I pick up speed. And I'm at loss what to do next to check. Nico? 
Yes. Um, so I think that parts that were changed or looked at, there's definitely the right places to start. Normally, if the vibration is felt on the steering wheel, it comes from the front wheels. Um, if you don't feel it on the steering wheel, it sometimes comes from the back wheel. So if you already checked the uh, balance of the wheels and rims, um, and he said wheel bearings already changed, that's a place I would have started as well. CB joints is also a good one. It's a front-wheel drive car. If it was a rear-wheel drive car, the prop shaft is also one you can look at. What is important from the vibration point of view is to see if you can identify if it's linked to engine speed or to vehicle speed. Uh, then you can sort of see if it's vehicle speed related. Then obviously the wheels and so on comes into play, CB shafts. If it's engine speed related, so that you can sort of replicate the vibration at stationary even, and it's something to do with engine vibration, but what I would also say what to check is check all your engine mountings, check all your gearbox mountings, they're all rubber mounted. If one of those are, are, are like one of these is gone, that will uh, increase with vibration. Also your suspension. Check on your suspension. All your A-arms, all the, the suspension arms are also um, have got bushes. And with time, those uh, bushes wear out. And it's playing the suspension. I can move backwards and forwards and so on. Um, also, your even your, your shock absorbers, um, check the mounting points of that. That will be my next step. So definitely look at engine mounts, gearbox mounts, and suspension mounts, top and bottom, to see if there isn't any play. It's the only thing I can think of that might also uh, result in a, uh, a vibration. Um, what I've also found sometimes is a rim can sometimes be bent, um, and you, they won't pick it up sometimes with the balancing. They can try to balance it, but the wheel isn't running true. So that's not maybe one last thing that you can also check wheel-related. But the others I mentioned, that will be your next steps. Sure. Uh, uh, Venish, are you sorted? Um, yes, I'm sorted. You're good. You so you're much. good. Great, great, great. Thanks very much, Vanish. Thanks a lot for your help. Thank you, Vanish and Jemiston. Mando, it's now your turn. Uh, you want to talk about vibrating as well? Um, yes, I've got a similar problem to the previous caller. Um, I'm driving a Nissan Qashqai, and it runs on diesel. So when I drive on a speed higher than 100 or maybe go to 120, it sort of like vibrates as well. And it's as if like, I'm not sure if whether it's coming from the wheel or engine, but it starts vibrating when I drive on a higher speed. But in a lower speed, it's perfectly fine. It, it does no vibrations. So I'm not sure whether it's the wheel or the engine. Uh, hold for Nico's response there, Mando. Don't hang up, please. Nico? Yeah. So from what I've heard now, I would also say, first of all, check your wheel balance. Check your tire's condition. Check the wheel balance. Take the, the car in that they do the, the wheel balance for you. I'm sure that will that will 90% sort the vibration issue. If it's not that, it can be your drive shafts as well. Uh, Casca is probably a front-wheel drive. The CV shafts, you can maybe check that as well. Um, but then uh, one of the vibrations we haven't spoken about, if the vibration increases dramatically when you put your foot on the brake, it means your front discs are warped. So, but if it's on, just on cruising, then it's definitely mm-hmm. not the disc. But sometimes you get it when you put your foot on the brake pedal that you get the shaking through the steering mm-hmm. wheel. That points to your brake discs that need mm-hmm. to be replaced. But I don't think this is the case with this caller. Uh, M- Mando, does that, does that res- respond adequately to you? Um, yes, yes, the response is very nice. And it's not, it doesn't happen when I put my foot on the brake. Even on cruise control, it would vibrate. So I would normally drive at a lower speed so that it doesn't vibrate because it drives 
but thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Hold, hold, hold on, Mando. Just one more thing. Nico, uh, you want to respond to that? He, she says that even if it's on speed yeah, con- so it's cruise control, definitely not the bike discs. Um, so it's a cruising. I would definitely just take the the car for a wheel balance and see if that doesn't sort it. I'm sure a ninety yeah. percent chance that will be the truth. Mm, Mando, thank you very much for that, uh, uh, saying that her vehicle vibrates uh, when she drives over 100 kilometers. I attempted to respond to that one myself, even though I know nothing about cars, uh, because uh, those are somehow uh, common problems. And Nico, you've answered 80% of questions that I was going to ask you relating to my own vehicle. But quickly, let's take a voice note and uh, I'll come back to you, Nico. Good day, Tabo. This is Gordon in Boxburg here. Great show as usual. I've got a question for Nico. Um, can you just explain? Because now he was talking about the the warming it up and the wear in 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 the parts. Um, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I also understand that uh, oil has to flow through uh, flow through holes and stuff like that to get to pistons and all that. So, isn't it that sometimes thick oil won't flow through those holes as as easily as warm oil, um, which has ran for a while? Thank you. Sure, Nico, you want to uh, respond to that? Yeah, so obviously your, your engine does consist of a lot of oil galleries uh, that feeds the oil to all the moving parts. If you think through your crankshaft to your bearings, you think your camshaft where the valve train actually run to. So that sometimes during startup, you'll hear maybe a bit of a clatter before it settles down. That's because some of the oil has leaked down out of the galleries and need to fill up during the start event. Uh, oil is designed to actually cling to the parts so that you always have your lubrication there. Um, it is true that a high viscosity oil flows slightly more difficult than a low viscosity oil that also results in uh, more resistance. That's why the manufacturers these days try to go for the lowest viscosity oil possible to reduce friction and fuel consumption. Um, but remember what we mentioned with a higher viscosity oil with a very old engine is that the tolerances are such that the, the flow would, would actually not be hampered by a higher viscosity because it's already uh, a, a lot of wear on that engine. So the basics stick to the manufacturer's uh, specification and with a very high mileage mm-hmm. engine, maybe look at sure. just uh, changing up the viscosity of the oil slightly. Thank you so much for your time, Liko. Your insights are highly invaluable and really appreciate uh, spending some time with us. Thank you. Nico Lowe is technical specialist and uh, former technical editor for Car Magazine.